HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This week on Meet and 3, we're looking at things that have changed and things that are still in flux. From mothers balancing new lifestyles to the social stigma surrounding pumpkin spice. You got rid of the star rating system and talked about, like, I'm not going to use the word ethnic when I talk about food. They recognized that safety was our motivation and, and they were very you know, receptive to the changes, understanding what we were trying to accomplish. A cupcake or a piece of bacon or a glass of rosé is not inherently gendered. Tune in to Meet and 3 HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by FlaskFineWines.com. Now, you might think from that name, FlaskFineWines.com, that they sell fine wines, and they certainly do. But they also have a selection of uncertified heritage agave spirits. You know, the stuff we talk about almost every episode. You live somewhere where it's tough to find mezcal, let alone uncertified agave spirits? Stick around after this episode to find out how FlaskFineWines.com can help you get the good stuff. But for now, strap yourself in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. In this episode of Agave Road Trip, we have decided to withhold the names of certain people, animals, and places to protect their well-being and privacy. We hope this creates no confusions and we wish you a safe, nice, smooth ride. I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Periban. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that educates gringo bartenders about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, we're going to talk about something that I want to do so badly. Well, you don't want to do it. It happens upon you. You want to really no, no. talk about this, but you don't want to try to do one of oh, these. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to do this in Chicago? Oh, no, 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 no. You're just wrong. I, I want to do it. Here's what I want to do, Chava. I want to get in the car in Mexico City with me amigo, Chava, and I want to drive. And I want to come across a block. How do they call them? Blocados? Bloqueo. Bloqueo. I want to come across <laughs> one of these blockades. So, so Chava, can you explain for our fine road trippers 
what exactly I'm talking about. And I, I guess you'll understand why I was a little bit shocked when you you said that you wanted to do it because I was like, do do you want to make a bloqueo in Chicago? Do you want to block? Oh, <laughs> I, I was a little bit confused. Yeah. So in S- yeah, I'm, I'm missing Mexico. I'll build a blockade in Chicago. Why <laughs> right? not? Yeah, that'll be the best way to bring our culture to your northern hemisphere. Well, we're in the northern hemisphere too. Anyway, what a bloqueo is. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what a bloqueo is in essence, it's a group of people that decided that they do not agree with something that happened to them, and they want to ask to the government in a very emphatic way for their demands to be listened. Well, not, not only heard, but they also want something in turn. It's a protest. Yes, yes. And in Oaxaca, there usually there's two options. It's either a community that ran out of water and they want their water back, or it's the maestros, the teachers. And they can vary greatly in size, dimension, and type. Sometimes you'll have bloqueos of a full highway with six people standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and they've, sometimes they've taken over the toll booths and they'll just take your money and wave and let you through after they've got your money. Yes. Uh, which, which, and I've been told that, in fact, when they're doing that, the reason that they're doing that is so that they can fund the cause. Yeah. Well, they will always say that. Quiere apoyar la causa? <laughs> Do you want to fund this cause? Sure. And like, but never ask which cause it is because they, they might get a little bit nervous. But anyway, I think Lou is famous for a few things in his life, but at least for me, the most <laughs> impressive thing he has done in his lifetime has been opening, like Moses with the, with the sea, crack opening a bloqueo. Yeah, you know, I I would just want to like put a fine point on this because I have now driven through, not like 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 hurt people, but I've been allowed to drive through at least at least fifteen of these blockades, which is crazy numbers. What we usually do when we encounter one of these in Oaxaca, you basically look around yourself, you look at the mountains, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna try that dirt road. You never ever drive ahead and try to open that bloqueo. Like that's, you might get your car. I, I think one of your friends got his car on fire or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, drove over a blockade, uh, which you don't do. Like you always ask permission. I I have strategies, right? And my strategy is always ask permission, not forgiveness. <laughs> strategy is the opposite. And as a result, sometimes <laughs> vehicles are set aflame. <laughs> But uh, but my favorite one, though, is uh, we're returning from Oaxaca to Mexico City. Uh, suddenly, there's this line of cars, and what everybody thinks when something like that happens, there's a bloqueo. Never an accident. Always a bloqueo. And, uh, <laughs> and Lou just says, I'm going to walk to them, talk, and I'm going to open it up. And the first thing that runs into my mind. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. I like, I want to be very clear here. I did not expect, I didn't go up there like, I'm going to open up this blockade. That was not the attitude or even the thought that I had. Honestly, I wanted to find out what was going on. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to get a sense of what was happening. And the only thing that I could see in my mind with my third eye was a newspaper with gringo was killed <laughs> in the highway 
I'm hard to kill, Java. I've made it this far. I don't like, I'm going to die of natural causes, not of somebody chopping off my head with a machete. If they were going to do that, they would have done that ages ago. So anyway, back to the block blockade. So we're, we're on this, on the toll road and it's like a half a mile. I'm guessing I walked up to these, uh, these folks and it was blocked both directions. And that's actually how I knew that something significant was going on. If it had just been an accident, it would have been like one row of cars that stopped, but nothing was coming toward us either. <laughs> so, so I went up there with, uh, my, my non-existent knowledge of Spanish <laughs> And I just started talking in English, saying, anybody here, do you, anyone speak, speak English? Anybody have a conversation with me? And one guy was so excited to see this gringo who doesn't speak Spanish coming up to talk. And he started telling me about his son who works in Atlanta. And we just had a really nice conversation. And I asked him the pertinent point, which is, so what's this blockade about? Why, why have you stopped the cars? And he and his friends uh, all were workers on that road. They had been working underneath the bridge that we were, we were parked on. And earlier in the week, they said that a bunch of thieves came and not only took all of their tools, but also took their wallets. And they didn't want to start working on the road again until the government gave them more protection so that they were no longer at risk. And, you know, I... No, that was fair. It, more than fair. Like, this is what I do for... for in, I'm not even going to say for a living, but this is my life, is trying to make sure that people have the best life that they can have. And here, these folks were hardworking people who who got robbed on their job site. And so I just talked to them about that and about life. And then we started talking about Atlanta, because I've been to Atlanta before, and... And, and pretty soon, he, I, you know, I said to him, so, you know, we're trying to get up to Mexico City. Do you have an idea of when this is going to open up? And he said, well, I think we can open it up. And I said, great. I'm going to run back to, to the car. And then I said, well, wait a minute. The car's going to come this way. I'm just going to wait for the car. And, uh, and sure enough, I don't know, another three, five minutes later, you guys came rolling up. And you ran to us, opened the door while the car was still moving. And <laughs> what I just remember is just around jumped and in, <laughs> jumped into the car while you were moving in the open door. And I waved hasta luego to my new amigo. <laughs> I was, and we were just shocked. Like you had been gone for almost half an hour. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I were just like, ah, oh, it's going to be such a pain in the ass to carry his corpse. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, let me let me tell you if that like if it happens again that I go and I try to open up one of these or just talk my way through it or just talk <laughs> with the people and I am killed. I want you to let my corpse stay on that spot. I do not. I want you to take a picture, send it to Connie so she knows what happens to me. Send her the whole story. Maybe call her beforehand so she's not surprised by the picture. But I want to be part of that earth where I have fallen. Because because it, 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 if nothing else, I will have improved the soil. Yeah, or not. We don't know. Whatever, like depending what's growing in there. But I'll try to plant a few agaves around you too. I'll take that. So you know, we can we can we can make a bottle out of the residues of your body. But I don't. <laughs> Though I think something really important we should say is we do not recommend for people to do this. Will you recommend people to? No. 
I you know I, I I don't you know and in fact like the I, I I rarely take risks. I didn't consider that a risk at all, and I know you did. But you know I figured with all of those cars there and me walking and clearly not having any kind of weapon, like I didn't think there was an issue. But uh, there was another time when I was same road um, was was heading uh, toward Puebla to have dinner, and um, the, and. This blockade, like I was really in a rush to get up there and I just didn't want to wait. So I found one of those little roads you're talking about where you can jump off to the side and nobody else was doing it. And I didn't understand why there was one car in front of me that did it. And that was it. So I followed that car and then down uh, uh, in this ravine next to the, um, the toll road, I saw that that car had been stopped by like 18 masked armed men. Oh Lord. And yeah, and so the driver, the young man, gets out and starts yelling at these guys, and I'm thinking, not my strategy. <laughs> and then, then an older man, who I'm assuming was his father, jumped out the passenger side, starts doing the exact same thing. At which point, I literally put my car into reverse and start slowly getting out of there. <laughs> and then an old lady jumps out of the back and just starts swearing at these guys. At which point, they remove the boulders and they let the car pass. And I thought, oh, so there's a chance. So I go down there and I start talking to them and I roll down my window and I say to the, the one masked guy who's clearly leading the effort, I say to him, uh, por favor, mi esposa is in Puebla. Please, my wife is in Puebla. <laughs> and, uh, and he says something back to me in Spanish, very sternly. I don't know what he's saying because I don't know Spanish. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I say to him, uh, um, uh, uh, lo siento, no español. And everybody starts laughing. All those other mass men start laughing. The people who have parked on the toll road or looking down start laughing. He's not laughing. And he says something even more serious to me in Spanish. And I say to him with a little bit of serious tone in my voice, look, I'm sorry. I don't speak Spanish, but I think I know what this is. You're teachers, right? I love teachers. I live in Chicago. I work with teachers. Let me make a donation to your cause. And uh, and he says, lo siento, no inglés. And everybody, everybody starts laughing except, except he and I. And then we look at each other for somewhere between five seconds and five years. I don't know how long. Until finally I say, por favor, mi esposa is in Puebla. At which point he laughs and he waves me through. I would never have risked that. These guys were having, they had machetes and bats, right? I would never risk that if somebody else were with me. I felt like I could carry it off by myself. And I think part of that is I don't speak Spanish, so I I, I tend to be kind of lighthearted about these things. So pro tip, if you find a bloqueo, don't engage in any violence <laughs> behavior. Just smile and donate for the cause. And maybe ask them if they know Lou Bank or just <laughs> say uh, a Gringo Loco. They might know me as Gringo Loco. Well, I think that's a wrap, Java. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's the pronto. Adios. Hang on, road trippers. We're not done yet. We've got an episode of Chava and Lou's Chat Fest coming up. Hey, Lou. What, what is it that you're drinking today? It's a Tobala made in 2015 by Victor Ramos, Chava. It's delicious. 
Wow, this is strange. You don't normally drink when we're recording. What's up, Lou? Well, what's up is we're recording an ad for FlaskFineWines.com, the sponsor of this episode. And we're very specifically recording an ad highlighting the fact that FlaskFineWines.com will ship heritage agave spirits, meaning the stuff that's not certified anywhere in the USA. So I thought it called for a bit of the good stuff. But I thought you only had good stuff at your place. Well, it's, that's true. I like it. Therefore, it's the good stuff. And the stuff I tend to like most is the stuff that is made in super small batches of fewer than 240 liters, then bottled in the exact same form in which it is consumed in the community where it's made, not changing anything to meet the standards of the bodies that certify mezcal, tequila, or the other DOs. Not that there's anything wrong with all that, right? Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Okay. But people should get to chase those uncertified spirits to see if maybe that is what they really, really like, no? Exactly, Chava. But if you're outside of a handful of major cities in the USA, it can be hard to find certified mezcal, mm. let alone these small batch releases that aren't certified. That's where flaskfinewines.com comes in. Flaskfinewines.com has a selection of heritage gave spirits released by some of our favorite brands like Malbien, Cinco Sentidos, and Mesonte, to just name a few. Yeah, and also La Locura, La Venenosa, and Amormata, as well as a super wide selection of our favorite certified mezcal brands. And they'll ship anywhere in the USA. Right you are, Chava. So if you're one of those folks looking for heritage agave spirits or mezcal or tequila or really any specific alcohol, check out FlaskFineWines.com. FlaskFineWines.com offers nationwide shipping of fine wines and spirits within the USA, and they're a sponsor of Agave Road Trip. Thanks a lot, FlaskFineWines.com. This is Chava and Lou's Chat Fest. Gonna chat you up. It's the podcast within a podcast that has nothing to do with agave, agave spirits or rural Mexico. Chava, what you chatting about today? Well, Lou, uh, I was thinking that one skill that will save us a lot of trouble, usually when we're traveling, is we have had some Boy Scout experience. And I, I, Boy Scout or like, so there are Boy Scouts in Mexico? Of course. Yeah. Like I know it's in English, but uh, we do have a very big Boy Scouts uh, organization oh, okay. here. Uh, did you, were you ever a Boy Scout? Were you like into uniforms and I, stuff? Well, so we, we had Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. So Cub Scouts was like the younger version of Boy Scouts. And I was in that. Um, and I, like, it was weird. Like I, I knew I was going to Cub Scout camp and I thought uh, my mom was taking me there and I thought I heard camp. So I thought it was like an overnight thing. So <laughs> I, I brought, I brought like two changes of clothes, uh, in my, my backpack, but also like a stack of like a hundred comic books. And then I was only there for two hours and, and like, and my mom never, she knew I had the backpack full of comics and clothes and never asked me what that was about. It was weird. Anyway. Okay. Well, so we do have that in Mexico, but it's very, well, it's regarded as something very goofy to do. And when I was mm -hmm. like in my 11, 12, like I was, yeah, I was like 12 years old. I had this friend that was going to like the, you know, more aggressive version of Boy Scouts, which was called Esquadron. So it had more of a military. <laughs> the squadron? <laughs> yes. But, but, Whoa. okay, to even, to even make it more bizarre, it was Catholic oriented. So it had a military name. It had like you you will go to mass and stuff like had like a Catholic motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're making yeah. a face. Uh, you're not wrong about this one. But then the thing was like it was super aggressive. So we will 
uh, we, we will get into this thing like every Saturday or Sunday. I can't believe. I guess Sunday because we'll go to church. And mm-hmm. and there, it was divided in two things. So one thing it was constructing something with uh, with wood, and the other were sports. So just to give you an idea of how this went, one of the sports that we played was they will buy a massive cube of ice. You know, like that one thing. Massive cube of ice. Okay, you, you've yeah, seen yeah. raspados in Mexico, right? Like when they do, when they shave the they like ice shavings in Mexico yeah. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you should not consume in Mexico City. My friend David Hammond passed out and broke his nose because uh, he consumed one of those. <laughs> anyway, keep going. I love them. Grosella yeah. ones are my favorite. But anyway, so you've uh-huh. seen those massive ice cubes. Yeah. So one of the sport, the very childhood friendly sports that we're playing is they will buy one of those. And it'll be like rugby, but you'll have to push that ice cube to the end line of the other team's area. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are jumping on you and pulling you off of the ice cube. Exactly. While well, you're pushing and then you're like actually throwing that against another kid. You know, very, very nice things. Uh, but then there was the camp once every six months. And they will literally take you to the middle of nowhere and you had to build your small village uh, out of trunks that you will find up into the mountain i just just i want to put a fine point on this you're saying that a community of um uh, middle school aged mexican boys build a little town in in rural mexico we're actually talking rural mexico is that accurate uh well it was not even rural mexico it was like middle of nowhere like there were no there were no houses. There were no little towns around. They will just throw you yeah. in the, I'll, I'll say like. In the I, desert. Well. In the desert. So this is like Burning Man. It's like, it's Burning Man meets uh, middle school uh, Boy Scouts. Sort of. With Catholicism. <laughs> but with pine trees all around you. Okay. okay so. Okay. So you will go up into the mountains. It was usually a mm-hmm. valley. At least the one time that I went there was in a valley. You will up, go up into the mountain, find trees. Uh, carried them down, uh, and, and like when I came back from the camp, I, I looked like Rambo. I had like scars all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not buffed at all, but like just the scar tissue that I had all around my body. It's like you're carrying a massive tree, and we're all middle school kids, and like you're falling down. <laughs> like uh, I can remember this one time we're carrying a, a log and we threw it to the side, but the face of one of the kids was on the wrong side. So his ear got slightly chopped. They had to ship him to the closest city for to a hospital. So like you 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 get you get what I'm saying, right? Like this was like yeah, yeah, yeah. this was like the rougher Boy Scout version. And yeah. because of this, I've never camped in my life again. I hated it with passion. It's like one of really? the most miserable experiences I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Is that your way of saying that you were the kid who lost a piece of his ear? No, no, not at all. No, I just okay. I just lost a little bit of my shoulder, but nothing oh. worse than that. Interesting. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Chava, thank you for that. Uh, a, uh, we're going to end up camping on one of these agave road trips. Uh, B, uh, let's wrap this up, and then in the next chat fest, I'll tell you a little bit of, about one of my camping stories. Okay, let's do that. Adios, Joven. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Peribán. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.